0: Welcome to Cancer Out Loud, the Cancer Care Podcast, a show featuring conversations with people living with cancer, caregivers, loved ones, and the bereaved. This is a special mini-series hosted by Cancer Care social workers with a focus on how the coronavirus, or COVID-19, has impacted the cancer community. This five-part mini-series will touch on coping tools and techniques to manage feelings of stress and anxiety, helpful ways to talk to children about the coronavirus, how to cope with social distancing, and more. Thank you for joining. This is Cancer Out Loud.
1: Hi, my name is Paige Soleimani and I am an oncology social worker here at Cancer Care. I'm Danielle Saf and also work as an oncology
2: social worker at Cancer Care.
1: So today we're here to talk about cancer and the coronavirus and whether you or a loved one have been recently diagnosed or in treatment or either post-treatment, I want to validate the worry that you may feel during this pandemic because your feelings are completely normal and understandable. So today, Danielle and I are going to talk a little bit about the different concerns that we're hearing from our our clients about the coronavirus. We will end this episode with different coping skills to help you get through this unpredictable time.
2: We're hearing so many ways in which people are being impacted by the coronavirus. So some people were recently diagnosed with cancer, and then now all their appointments are moving to telemedicine. So many individuals, they're waiting to begin their treatment, and then all of a sudden, their appointments are over the phone. And this can be really anxiety-provoking because Those nonverbal cues you pick up in the appointments with the doctors can be really helpful when processing information. However, now just to have everything over the phone or maybe through some sort of web interface where you get to see the other person is very different and very anxiety provoking. You're not only getting to know your treatment team, but also making important decisions regarding next steps. Also, we're hearing a lot that people who are in active treatment are feeling concern over whether they should continue with their treatment or whether they should delay it. A word that comes up frequently is immunocompromised, and that's used to describe individuals whose immune system may be weaker than someone who isn't in treatment. This makes cancer patients at a higher risk due to their immune system, which may have been weakened by the cancer treatment. So we always encourage people to discuss with their treatment team regarding what is best. I know many hospitals and clinics are taking necessary steps to kind of ensure what is best for their patients. A colleague of mine told me, if you're able to drive to your appointment, call the front desk when you arrive and tell them that you'll wait in your car until they're ready for you. This way, you reduce contact with other people who also may be waiting in that same common area. Lastly, the CDC has guidelines for anyone who has a serious medical condition, so at a higher risk of severe illness if diagnosed with coronavirus. Some of those things are the same things we hear repeatedly, and that is to stay home as much as possible, wash your hands frequently, and stay six feet apart from others.
1: Paige, what experience do you have regarding coronavirus in your clients? Thank you, Danielle, for sharing that helpful tip. Um, So many of my clients um, are being being required to stay at home, either by stay-at-home orders or by the request of their medical team. And this is to decrease the risk of them being exposed to coronavirus. Because as Danielle just mentioned, those who have a weaker immune system are not able to fight off this coronavirus as well. As humans, I just want to remind everyone that we are social beings biologically and not being able to be with friends and family and other loved ones can be extremely upsetting and may cause feelings of isolation and depression. So what I've been trying to encourage my clients to do is to use technology to stay in touch with their loved ones. So they could call their loved ones, uh, send them a text, do video chat or Zoom. And even though using these ways to communicate is not the same as being in the same room and, you know, physically being able to hug someone or hold their hand. It creates an opportunity to socialize and communicate with your loved ones without putting anyone at risk.
2: Definitely. I know I spend so much time on FaceTime or on Zoom, either working out or interacting with family and friends, and it's been so helpful. Also, a lot of people have been asking us, like, what else can we do to help cope? So one thing I hear really frequently is how anxiety-provoking the news can be, yet people naturally want to stay informed and up-to-date with what's happening in the world. Something I found really helpful is to limit one's news intake, so taking breaks from watching, reading, or listening to the news, perhaps even allocating certain time where you watch the news, so you give yourself a half hour of news in the morning and another half hour in the evening, or maybe you just simply turn off your phone's notifications. I love the idea of also seeking out good news. So there's websites and social media sites that offer inspiring stories. I don't know if you've seen it, Paige, but there's a video on the internet circulating of a grandpa and his granddaughter having a socially distanced dance off on the street. And it makes me so happy because it reminds me of the little things that are happening that are still good, so it's the good that continues to exist, despite all of this craziness going on. When diagnosed with cancer or impacted by coronavirus, one may feel like they no longer have a structure to their day. So creating a structure to your day can be helpful as it helps you feel more in control. So again, creating that chunk of time where you listen to the news, maybe 10 till 10.30, and then you take a walk afterwards. Of course, that is if you live in an area where you can still abide by social distancing, but that same idea of creating some sort of routine, either waking up at a certain time, watching the news for a certain limit and at a certain time, and then doing something afterwards. Paige, what do you see that works for your clients?
1: Yes. So I actually did see that video and I know personally you put a smile on my face and it really, it made the day a lot sweeter. So thank you for sharing that, Danielle. So another way that I'm trying to encourage uh, my clients... To help get through this coronavirus is to indulge in self-care. So before we talk a little bit about self-care, I'm just re- going to remind everyone that self-care is any activity that you do to take care of your physical or emotional health. And self-care works um, because it allows you to shift your anxious mindset in the present to focus on activity that you enjoy doing. And some people have this belief that self-care is selfish. However, that is a myth. And indulging in self-care has been proven to decrease feelings of anxiety and depression. So you may be asking yourself, what are some examples of self-care? So anything that you enjoy doing can be defined as self-care such as working out, doing a crossword puzzle, uh, doing a jigsaw puzzle, watching a movie. This has been something I've been trying to encourage my clients to do daily. My clients have reported that they really do feel the effects of it. So even just taking 20 minutes out of your day, half an hour out of your day, and really doing something you can enjoy could really be helpful in this time where there's a lot of anxiety. Danielle, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about mindfulness and how it could be helpful, especially in times like this during the coronavirus.
2: Definitely. There is a lot of talk of mindfulness and what it is and what it isn't. So I'll clear that up right now. Mindfulness can be described as being fully present, aware of what we're doing and where we are. So when we have all these anxieties in our head, it's hard to be very present, right? Which is the whole idea of mindfulness. As much as possible, trying to ground yourself in the moment because it has been shown to have positive benefits for our health and levels of happiness. Either with coronavirus happening and or cancer treatment we always encourage our clients to look into mindfulness and see how it can be helpful. The whole idea of it is to notice our thoughts and feelings through a lens of non-judgment. One way to do this is by the four-seven-eight breathing approach. You breathe in through your nose for four seconds, you hold it for seven, and you exhale through your mouth for eight. And this can be repeated as many times as necessary. What I find is that it helps us feel more grounded and helps manage our stress levels. What are some mindfulness techniques that you use, Paige?
1: So one of my favorite mindfulness exercises that I've been trying to encourage my clients to use is called the safe place exercise. And this, again, just like the breathing technique that Danielle just described is something that you can do any place at any time. So... Um, the first thing to do is to get into a comfortable position. And then as you're laying down or sitting down, focus on a safe place. And for me personally, and what maybe others may find helpful to think about a safe place is a beach. So as you're sitting down or lying down, think about all the sights, the sounds, the smells and the taste that would be present as if you're at the beach or in this safe place in the present moment. So focus on the waves crashing in at the shoreline, the taste of the saltiness that's in the air when you're at the beach, or maybe even the sand between your toes. This is a great exercise because it brings your mind to a calm and anxiety-free place instead of what's going on that's causing the anxious mindset in the present. I love that safe
2: place technique just because it really helps ground in the moment. Also, I know there's a bunch of talk about guided meditation apps such as Headspace and Calm, and those can be really helpful because it kind of helps you notice your thoughts and reminds you to take deep breaths. So it's a really, really, really good way to get into mindfulness if you're a beginner and wanting to figure out how this works. So again, that safe place technique or just taking deep breaths or even listening to these meditation apps are really good ways into getting into mindfulness and finding out ways to be more present. One last thing is that there have also been so many studies that show how gratitude can be helpful. So being in treatment, coping with anxieties of cancer, coronavirus, everything that's happening in the world can be really overwhelming. However, science is showing us that gratitude is really essential for how we feel psychologically. So it is as simple as noticing three things that you're grateful for at the end of the day. So sometimes people prefer to do it in the morning and that's okay, but whenever you decide to do it, remember that these things can be as simple as a warm shower, a beautiful day outside, or the feeling of a nice cold glass of water. And the idea is to think of all the small things that we really enjoy and
1: bring gratitude to them. We hope that you find this information to be helpful. Together, we are navigating a time of many unknowns that can increase feelings of anxiety, Even though Cancer Care is a cancer-focused organization, the coronavirus has definitely impacted the cancer population in so many different ways. And I just want to remind everyone that here at Cancer Care, we are here to help in any way that we can. Having a cancer diagnosis can be overwhelming. So as Paige said, we provide free
2: professional support services, including counseling, support groups, educational workshops, publications, and limited financial assistance to anyone impacted by cancer. Taking part in our support groups, our professional and counseling services can help to relieve these feelings of anxiety that are so common. And it also helps to increase feelings of hope and empowerment. So please don't hesitate to reach out to our national Hopeline, And our number is 1-800-813-4673. And you'll speak with an oncology social worker and we'll do our best to connect you either to our services or other referrals in your area. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for listening to Cancer Out Loud, the Cancer Care podcast. Cancer Care is the leading national nonprofit organization providing free professional support services, including counseling, support groups, educational resources, and financial assistance to anyone affected by cancer. You can visit us online at cancercare.org or call our toll-free hope line at 800-813-HOPE. That's 800-813-HOPE. 4673 to speak with a master's prepared oncology
1: social worker.